This episode is presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. For tickets for an upcoming game or concert, visit TicketKingOnline.com or a quick link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. TicketKingOnline.com, 612-341-4141. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. I'm stunned by it, to be very, very honest with you. I never expected it. Um, I, you know... Uh, came out of left field, didn't know that anybody had nominated me, didn't know who had nominated me, didn't know what that process was, didn't realize that it was going to the president and then the Board of Regents. And so when I was informed that it happened, uh, uh, you know, I was uh, quite frankly choked with uh, with emotion because it, it, it caught me so off guard. This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want to scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. This podcast is still alive and kicking. Hello, everyone. It is Scoop Podcast episode number 92. Much like last week, the idea here will be lots of interviews here with episode 92. Then sometime later in the week, likely Friday, especially heading into a very busy NFL weekend, including for the Vikings, where they will end up releasing a number of players. They will be active, very active, in fact, deep into the night on Saturday, into Sunday morning, scanning the waiver wire. I expect the Vikings to be active this weekend. So there's a reason to do a notes podcast this weekend, or at least heading into the weekend. So we'll focus on a bunch of interviews I've done over the last handful of days here on Scoop Podcast episode 92. But in the event something comes up, I will just unleash a couple notes briefly Tom Thibodeau was on with Patrick Royce on 1500 ESPN on Monday. He said they have three offers out to free agents. I will continue to harp on two of them. We know that two of them, I've been reporting this for a while. I'd like to think this is original reporting. I think others are starting to pick up on this. Dante Cunningham is one. Shabazz Muhammad is the other. Who is the third offer out to? They are still looking for a point guard. I will continue to say to keep an eye on Aaron Brooks, but I can't sit here on the 29th of August, Tuesday afternoon, the 29th of August, and definitively tell you that the Wolves have made him an offer. I'm just saying keep an eye on him. Certainly the Wolves would welcome Tony Allen on a vet minimum contract as well, but I don't have any working knowledge that they have officially extended him an offer. Dante Cunningham, yes. Shabazz Muhammad, yes. Before we get to Derek Falvey, Twins Chief Baseball Officer, plus a Gophers basketball note that might get lost in the next few days, vinepark.com is the place to go for all the information about the chief sponsor of the Scoop Podcast, Vine Park Brewery. Vinepark.com, again, is the website. Vine Park Brewery is right off of West 7th Street in St. Paul, right between 35E and downtown St. Paul. They are active on social media, specifically Twitter, at Vine underscore Park underscore Brew. Give them a follow. They right now are offering $7 tours of their brewery. That includes a free flight or pint plus Hagee's Pizza. So see how they make their beer. Then you sit there. You get to enjoy some beer. You get to enjoy some Hagee's Pizza all for $7. That is one heck of a value. Vine Park is the only brewery in the Midwest where you can brew your own beer and make your own wine on their equipment with their help. So if you don't want to just stop in and grab a growler, you can make your own. So you can swing in, grab a growler, you can be in and out, grab some great beer, or you can make your own beer or make your own wines, whatever you want. Vine Park has been the fun place to brew your own beer and make your own wines since 1995. Think about it. Are you having a party over Labor Day weekend? Are you having an opening weekend football party? The weekend of September 10th. 
think about it. Pick up some beer from Vine Park Brewery. They have the right recipe for you. Pale ales, IPAs, brown ales, porters, stouts, lagers, pilsners, box, and wheats. Whatever you would like, they have it available. Again, vinepark.com or give them a call. 651-228-1355. Vine Park Brewery. Brief Gophers men's basketball note. They saw the message on Twitter from Houston, University of Houston basketball coach, the former Indiana coach, Calvin Sampson, and they are on board. The Gophers will be shipping Calvin Sampson a bunch of shirts, some shoes, a bunch of different things to help out the city of Houston, everything that Houston is going through. So it's a great gesture, great idea by the Houston basketball program and the Gophers, very nice people. They all get it over there from head coach Richard Pitino on down. The Gophers will be helping out the city of Houston. All right, let's start this mostly interview-themed podcast. We'll have Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, Don Lucia, Chris Collinsworth, Jeff Rota, who's the father of Connor Rota, who will get some time, might even take that first snap on Thursday for the Gophers. Josh Ani, who's a Gophers football commitment from Highland Park, plus Joel Maturi. So lots of conversations to get to. Let's start with Twins Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey. I caught up with him on Monday at the State Fair. Here is my conversation with Derek. Derek, first time here at the Great Minnesota Get-Together. You ever seen a gathering like this before? No, nothing like this. I brought my family along today, and it's uh, it's been great. You know, walk around this morning, and the weather cooperated. You know, it's not too hot, and it's, it's perfect. It's really fun to be here. We captured the video of the mean tweets. How, how enjoyable was that? I mean, you deferred to that a lot in the yeah, mean tweets, well, but, I mean, that was highly entertaining. He got the mean tweets. He got all the uh, all the ones that are funny. But uh, and I think that's I think that's a good idea. So it was great. It was really fun. You know, we love fans here are passionate, and that's what's so great. And that's what we notice here at the fair. There's so much Twins gear walking around, and uh, we're playing meaningful baseball late in the season. So that's that's fun to be fun to be a part of. You're right about meaningful baseball. I mean, how can fans be mean when you guys are in yeah. the playoffs? If the playoffs started today? Yeah, it's it, we talked at the beginning of the year about really looking at this team and not not setting limits. You know, let these guys grow. Let them get better. And uh, you know, by Aaron Buxton's a great example. Went through a little bit of a struggle early this year, stayed with him, continued to focus on opportunities to get better, and, and look where he is now. I and mean, we were riding him right now. So I think that's uh, it's special. This team has really come together. The clubhouse has been uh, been great. They've built a, a bond. The next man up mentality has been fun to be a part of. How do you size up your chances here these last, whatever it is, 30-plus games? I mean, the schedule mm-hmm. the schedule appears very favorable. Yeah, I think what we have done all year, and we've been, I think this is something that our team has, by and large, been really good with, is take each game one at a time. Play the best baseball you can play through those nine innings. No matter what happened that night, whether, hey, we lose by six, seven runs, or we won by six or seven runs, show up, show up at the ballpark the next day and, and put forth the best effort. And that's allowed us to stay in it, so we won't change that mindset down the stretch. Is there a chance you make a transaction with this last week of, of August trade waivers, or is it too challenging because teams are blocking you that are right behind you? Yeah, it, it, this time of year is definitely challenging in terms of actually getting access to those players. Uh, we have been active in that space, you know, haven't been able to uh, find anything as of yet, but w- we won't stop until the, the clock you know, expires on us, and we'll find if we can find opportunities to help this team, we will. Are there guys you'll definitely bring up on Friday, like a Buddy Bo Shears? Are there obvious guys? But is there something to be said about leaving some guys down there because of the playoff run that, that Rochester is going through? I think it's a combination. I and mean, we had a few guys with injuries of late, you know, to Grossman and Sano and some of our pitchers on the Major League side. We've had to go get some of those guys that we fully intended to get in early September. They're already on this club, whether that was Mitch Garver or Zach Granite or, or some of the other young pitchers we have now. So we want to get the other guys healthy. Those are real ads for us in September. But we'll certainly be thoughtful about where Rochester is we're, we're lucky almost all of our 
all as of today, all of our minor league teams are tracking for the playoffs. So that's exciting. We want to give guys an opportunity to grow in those environments. But if they can help us here in Minnesota, we're going to go get them. Have you guys thought about a starter for Friday? Will it be G? Will it be Sleegers? Could it be Gonsalves? Yeah, we, we've talked about all options. We've kept everything on the table day in and day out. I think Dylan has done a really great job stepping in. And uh, I would anticipate, you know, in talking with Paul over the next day or so, just to make sure that we button everything up, um, put ourselves in a good position to, to have a good guy go Friday night. Sano won't be ready this week. He'll need more than the 10 days. Oh, we'll look at that. I think as of right now, he stayed back here in Minnesota. He worked during the course of uh, the time he, we were away uh, to, to get himself as healthy as possible. We'll reevaluate that this week. I'm hopeful that we end up in a position to be able to activate him pretty close to those 10 days, but we, we won't know that until we evaluate a little bit later this week. Castro be able to come off the, the seven day? He's progressing really nicely. Um, you know, with concussions, every guy comes back a little bit you know, uh, differently. So we want to make sure that there are no symptoms, nothing persists when he comes back. Obviously, the catcher position, you know, the chance of taking another foul tip or otherwise is, is real. So we just want to make sure that he's cleared all tests before we get there, but he's progressing nicely. What do you notice about Buxton? I mean, technically, mechanically, is, is anything different with his swing? Is it mental? What do you think? I think combination. I, I think when you talk about Buck, we went back to April, and at the end of April, I know there were a lot of conversations you know, publicly about whether or not he should go down to the minors and, and maybe get things figured out there. We talked to Byron, and we watched the thing we watched mostly, most closely was his work, work effort and what he did every day in the cage with James Rouse and Rudy Hernandez. That never wavered. So for us, we had extreme confidence that he would figure this out at this level. And you know, it's a credit to who he is as a person. It's a credit to his character and how hard he works. Uh, but also the staff around him, the teammates who supported him. Uh, he's, he's, he's done everything. He's, he's made some adjustments mechanically. He's certainly made some adjustments from a, from a confidence standpoint. And now we're getting to reap the rewards of that. What have you grown to appreciate about Joe Maurer? Almost everything. I, I think with, with Joe, he was one the first player I met you know, as part of the Twins the day of the press conference. He and Glenn Perkins were there. And, and when I got a chance to talk to Joe about how much this team means to him, how much the Twins mean to his family, uh, being, uh, being a, a grown up here right in St. Paul. And so I think he's somebody who he cares very deeply about the work he puts in day in and day out. And he's put himself in the conversation in the gold glove at first base. He's been exceptional at that position, uh, been a, a very steady force in our lineup, uh, certainly his on-base track among the best in the game and I think that he's a guy that while maybe not the most vocal on our group is certainly one of the core members of the heartbeat of this team. Maybe after this Jorge Polanco always a contact guy was a, a matter of just getting back to the line drives getting the, the launch angle however you want to term it getting the ball in the air as opposed to hitting the ball on the ground. I think a lot like Buck you know when we talk about young players progressing they go through some ups and downs he actually got off to a really good start early on in his career up here at the major league level went through maybe a little bit of that dip as pitchers adjusted to his approach now we're seeing him adjust back that's what good players do that's those are the guys you need to support through the downs you know as well as as when they're up making sure that they stay level so Jorge's he, another guy just like Buck who's done a nice job staying consistent with his work never wavering with his confidence and now we're again we're reaping the benefits of that one too the defense were you at all a little bit? No, actually, I think one of the things that we came into the year, just because he hadn't played as much shortstop you know, as, as maybe we would have hoped for a guy at the major league level, he's played really solid defense throughout the course of the year. I think the metrics would back that up. Uh, and, and, you know, each, in de each day he works with Gene Glenn, with Paul Molitor, with our staff to get better. So I'm going to bet on the upside of a guy who's, who's working to get better every day, and he's one of those guys. Also on Monday, I had a chance to catch up with Twins general manager Thad Levine. Thad, I would suppose this is your first time here at the, at the Great Minnesota Get-Together. What, what are your impressions so far? Uh, it's a sea of humanity, a lot of things deep fat fried that I didn't realize could be, uh, and a good number of people drinking beers at 10 a.m. It seems like everyone's having a blast. 
inevitably, maybe even some of those fans that are drinking the beers come up to you, come up to Derek and say, hey, you know, congratulations on the run, whatever. What what oftentimes comes up, though? I mean, even though you've only been here for a short time, when fans approach you, approach Derek, what do they bring up? The, the fans have been exceptional. I mean, it's like the the support that they have of the team, uh, I think, has been tremendous. And what they went through last year, I think, was probably a real galvanizing moment for a fan base. Uh, but I think they're really encouraged by the team showing the sign of life that it has. The, the team playing this deep into the season, playing meaningful games, is not lost on them. So they're extremely supportive and, and a great group of people. A week ago, you guys are tied in the wild card. You go on a road trip. Now, you guys have been great on the road. In fact, better on the road than at home. But you come back home, and now what? A game and a half up, two in front in the lost column of, I think, three or four teams. But still, it's a very fun time right now. Well, anytime you can burn down another 10 games and still be in very fortuitous position with the playoffs, it's, it's really meaningful this time of year. You know, early in the season, we sometimes poo-poo, like, what happens when a 10-game stretch. And right now, it's extremely important. Uh, and so we're, we're turning our attention singularly towards uh, what could happen for the last five weeks of the season. I mean, how do you look at it? I mean, do you feel like, okay, we've got a chance here as the games continue to dwindle down, that you look at your schedule, the schedule sets up favorably, or are you like, okay, this is still a monumental hurdle to climb? I think there's a this era, there's all newfangled statistics that we're looking at that sometimes the average fan can't quite embrace. The one stat that we're starting to look at a lot more closely is the one under the column that says games backed. And right now it says plus for us relative to the wild card. That one is the one that's going to drive our decision making for the rest of the season. So I think we're very encouraged at how this team's playing. Uh, nobody's run away from us. We've hung in there. We've been extremely resilient. We're not going to take that lightly. We're going to make a big push towards the end of the season. Are you continuing to look at your phone out here even as you're mingling with fans saying, okay, this guy cleared waivers or, hey, let's put in this claim and, and see if you guys can add to the roster here in the coming days? Five minutes before you and I got a chance to talk, I was talking to Rob Anthony back in the office and Rob is putting in, putting in the claims for today since Derek and I are sit, sitting out here. So we are, uh, we're, we're active every single day in that regard. I mean, it's challenging, though, because I imagine teams below you are blocking you guys from, from actually getting guys. Absolutely. It's such a congested uh, competition now for the second wild card that all the teams are jockeying for position, and that's all the more reason why you try to make all the deals you can before the trading deadline so you don't have to deal with this. doesn't mean that we're not going to be active and be, try to be opportunistic as best we can. Byron Buxton, mechanically, is anything different? Mentally, I mean, what do you credit this recent run to? I, I think the mental has always stayed extremely strong, and that's been what's been so exceptional for him. Even in the throes of despair for the first uh, five weeks of the season, he, his mental resolve was exceptional. Uh, but I think he's worked with James Rousen so closely throughout this season. Uh, some of our scouts have chimed in on some of the things they've seen from him when he was successful, and then when he was not as successful, he has made some subtle changes offensively. But really, it's been his dedication and his commitment and his confidence. We can do a deeper dive on the Vikings on Scoop Podcast episode 93 because I'll continue to harp on it. The Vikings will be incredibly active this upcoming weekend, but we'll continue the interview theme. I was at Vikings practice on Friday. Chris Collinsworth was in town to call Sunday night's game, so I grabbed him briefly, wanted his thoughts on the Vikings 2017 prospects. Can they make the playoffs? Are they a team that's capable of making a serious playoff run? Here's Chris Collinsworth on the 2017 Vikings. 11-5, two years ago, 8-8 eight and eight last year. There's certainly high hopes here. I mean, do you sense that this team is more maybe the team we saw two years ago, 11 wins, not the team we saw last year with eight wins? Uh, they have the defense, right? Okay, that's, uh, that's the given. Um, they have to be better on the offensive line, and what I saw against a tough Seattle defensive line, and when I put on the tape, I said, now, were they really playing? And they were playing. 
Um, I thought the interior three guys that had been sort of just put together, Berger and Elfline and Easton, played really well. And and now you're going to get uh, Riley Reef in there and get a look at him. Rimmers on the out. So if that, because it was bad last year. I mean, I, you know, I've never seen injuries hit a team. I mean, season-ending stuff hit a team like that in at one position. Um, and, and uh, you know, I thought Sam hung in there really good. Now, maybe at the end of the year, I started getting to him a little bit, but he was, he played tough. And now you get two backs that can come in here and, you know, you, you forget that Adrian Peterson was taken out. Your offensive coordinator's taken out of the mix in the middle of it and you still get eight wins. That's not horrible, right? That's not a horrible thing. So this is, this is a team. I, I don't think anybody's taken too seriously right now. Um, uh, but if, those pieces start to fit together a little bit. Um, I, you know, 11 wins is not out of the question. Sam's completion percentage last year was unbelievably high. He had a good year. I mean, in many ways, you think about when he came in, as late as he came in, really good year. Does Sam have another level to his game, do you think? Can Sam Bradford take a team deep into the playoffs? Well, he didn't even know the offense when he got here. What did he get here, 10 days before the first game or something like that? So, absolutely, first overall pick in the draft. I mean, this is a guy, I don't want to say you guys fell into a quarterback, but to some extent, you know, because the Eagles drafted their quarterback, Wentz, and the whole thing. Uh, those guys usually, the first overall picks, usually aren't sitting on the market 10 days before the start of a season, right? Um, so I don't think that's the issue. I, I really don't. I, the rest of it is going to be, we'll see. Uh, but I, I tell you, the first look I had at that new look offensive line made me think it has a chance. Also Monday at the State Fair, while I was out there, I caught up with Gophers men's hockey coach, Don Lucia. Hey, Fair Don is the unofficial start of not only the school year, but the start of your season. Well, it really is. And for me, when I walk into our office and the band is playing today, then I really know the school's around the corner. When's the first day you guys are on the ice? Uh, we'll go on September 11th. That Monday will be our first day. We've got some new NCAA rules we have to follow per off days and on days. So we're in that transition this year. You were talking about it up on the stage, the Athletes' Village. How is that a difference maker for your team? It's going to really help from the standpoint of the academic area, the leadership area. Uh, our offices are going to be moved over there, which will be nice. We'll have more interaction with athletes and other coaches. And, and certainly the, um, the new training table. To have all the athletes together, I think it's going to be terrific for relationships. Injury updates, Tommy Novak Jr. Uh, he should be ready to go uh, when we start practice September 11th, 100%. Same thing with uh, Lindgren. I mean, on Tommy, I mean, typically an ACL is longer than nine months. Does that surprise you? No, it's, it's kind of more six months now, eight months. And, and uh, you know, he's done a great job with rehab. He's basically doing everything. We're just waiting for the final clearance with contact. And Lindgren, you said, is good to go? Yeah, Lindgren was at our World Junior Camp this summer. Didn't play in any games, but he practiced every day, and he said he feels great. Lots of changes with you guys. I mean, Millen, Gordon, Patoni. Yes. That's all part of it that, uh, you know, with some new changes with Scott Bell coming in, he's going to bring some new ideas. It's great. Really happy for Grant to get an opportunity to be a head coach. And same thing with now we got to hire a new director of operation with Gordon becoming the associate head coach, Chicago and USHL. But that's his passion. We knew that and happy that he had that opportunity. There's so much buzz with Casey Middlestead. I mean, he put it on a show over at Braemar in the Beauty League. He made this move. I don't know if you've seen the video. His hands, I mean, just 
everything he does is at such a high level. Yeah, he's special, and there's a reason why he was drafted as high as he was. But, you know, he's also coming directly out of high school. There'll be some transition when you get to college. But, you know, he's just a quality person and a quality family. I mean, does he have a chance, though, to have a Kessel-like impact, a, a Vanek-like impact, some of these guys that have had immediate impacts for you? We'll see. You know, both those guys played junior hockey, although when, when Casey was playing junior hockey last year, he was leading the USHL in scoring. So that gives you an indication as well. But, you know, we'll surround him with some pretty good players, and he'll have every opportunity to shine. Lucci and the Gophers just had a big recruiting weekend a couple weekends ago. I saw on Twitter on Tuesday early afternoon, late morning, they secured a verbal commitment from a good player from Rozo. So they continue. Continue to do good work there. You think about all the new players coming in this year, led by Casey Middlestat. Yes, I know they're not going to Frozen Fours like fans desire. They're not winning national championships like fans desire. I get it. They're supposed to be the Yankees of college hockey, although it's a much more even playing field now than in years past. But I'm telling you, you know, knowing Mike Gensel as well as I do, knowing Don as well as I do, they're doing a lot of good work over there. So the Gophers men's hockey program is the least of Mark Coyle's worries, maybe to a degree. Maybe least is is too strong because if you look at season ticket sales, they are down. So they're still an attendance problem to a degree or at least getting people in the building on a regular basis, getting that season ticket base back to where it was. Is that all Big Ten hockey? Do those fans just yearn for the days of WCHA hockey or does it go deeper than that? But I'm just saying the men's hockey program still makes money for the university. It is still an asset to the university and now you look at the, you know, the new naming rights with 3M coming aboard. You know, I don't know if 3M does that. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But do they do that if the hockey program wasn't as successful overall as it is? So, yes, am I a bit of an apologist for the Gophers men's hockey program? Yes, but I'm just telling you, it's not as broken as some people think it is. Before we get to Jeff Rhoda, Connor Rhoda's dad, on all things Gophers football, or at least a lot of things Gophers football, how about some love for another sponsor of the Scoop Podcast? Camp Zero Coolers. Camp-Zero.com is the website. Use the promo code SCOOP for $10 off any order. Why can't reliable, cool-looking products also be affordable? We asked the same question. As brothers and business partners, they, those being the guys at CampZero.com, have traveled the world over the last 30 years developing and sourcing products to make outdoor living easier. Their philosophy is simple. You offer ruggedly cool outdoor products that are affordable and most importantly, designed to withstand the rigors of the outdoors. Whether you are headed to go camping, hunting, fishing, tailgating, or just attend a family picnic, Camp Zero branded products will always have your back. Again, the website, camp-zero.com. Egan native Connor Rhoda, Creighton Durham Hall High School. He did win a game as the Gopher starting quarterback last year at Maryland, but he was a walk-on at the time. P.J. Fleck put him on scholarship. He battled all offseason along with Demry Croft and others. Seth Green had a chance, had a cup of coffee there to compete for the starting job, but it came down to Rhoda and Demry Croft. Ultimately, P.J. Fleck made the decision that he will use both quarterbacks starting on Thursday with the opener against Buffalo. So that means Rhoda will get snaps. He will get action. He is under the microscope. He is now one of, at least. And who knows? Maybe he is the guy that takes that first snap. I guess it wouldn't shock me. But he is one of those guys, you know, one of those quarterbacks. I mean, if you're the Gophers quarterback, you are under the microscope. So I figured, why not talk to somebody who knows Connor better than anyone? How is he handling all this? It is Jeff Rhoda. That is Connor Rhoda's dad. Here is Jeff Rhoda. Connor got to play last year, but now that he's under scholarship, 
-hmm. You know that he's getting playing time on Thursday against Buffalo. What's what's this been like for you? It's been a roller coaster. Obviously, it's you know he's put in a ton of hard work. So as a parent, you're extremely proud to see everything he's gone through, his dedication, his perseverance. You know all those cliches that you put out there. He he's done that. He's gone through it, and uh, just really proud and and really happy for him to get this opportunity because it's fulfilling his dream to be a Division One quarterback to play for the school that he always wanted to go to, and so it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. I mean, how close did he come to not even coming back? I mean, he's a walk-on, turns into a scholarship player. We didn't know who the coach would be. Then P.J. Fleck gets hired. I mean, that was an interesting time there right after the season, not knowing if he would be back or move on with the rest of his life. Right. It was, it was a stressful time, especially for Connor, but for us as his parents, trying to help guide him through that as best as we could because there's not a whole lot as parents we can really do. Division one football and try to um, provide him some guidance and help out where we can. Um, so it, it, there really were a lot of unknowns. It was also during a recruiting dead period. So we weren't hearing back from schools and we really couldn't until about mid mid January. And it was about the time that Clay's got fired, Fleck got hired. And we're like, Connor, I guess maybe the Gophers are an option now versus a school somewhere else. And he really didn't want to go play anywhere else. He, I, probably wouldn't have played somewhere else just because he didn't want to play anywhere else. So he was willing to walk away and get a real job and move on versus playing somewhere else. He was willing to wait and see who maybe surfaced, but his heart wasn't there. And, and the way the season was winding down with everything that was going on with the boycott and just the program, I think, was suffering a little bit from that. There wasn't the enthusiasm, and, and you could see it in his face. Um, he was tired of that stress. Um, so, um, but, but boy, as soon as PJ was announced and Connor saw his press conference, it opened his eyes a little bit. Then he gets the call that Saturday morning at 7 o'clock, wakes him up, and it was Coach Sheryls and Fleck on the phone together and saying, Hey, Connor, Coach Fleck wants to talk to you. He wants you to stay. He, he shot us a quick text. He says, I'm running over to the facility. I'm sure he literally was running over to meet with Coach Fleck. And it was just like, you know, the world was lifted off his shoulders because that opportunity now was real. And like, I think he's said in other broadcasts, uh, it literally took him about 30 seconds to say, yeah, I want to be a part of this. And he was rowing the boat. So, What was that moment like then after that meeting when he calls you and says, okay, here's what took place. I'm now on scholarship. Um, just you were so happy for him and so relieved um, that he was going to get to fulfill his dream because he had that one season left and to see your son not get that opportunity to to use all of his eligibility and leave something on the table you always hate to walk away from something just not knowing what if would he get that opportunity coach Fleck guaranteed him you're going to get a shot to compete for the starting job and he was just so excited and so re-energized for the program and for his career that you could just not feel so happy for him. Um, and so that was great. We were all um, super excited and just relieved that kind of that chapter was kind of behind us and he was really moving forward. In your correspondence with him, do you sense that he's comfortable with this two quarterback system? Yeah, he, you know, he acknowledged right away. He says that it's the right thing to do because they don't have quarterbacks with experience. He's totally fine with that. He sees that value in it. Yeah, he wants to be the guy. But his priority has always been whatever to help the team win. 
that's always been his philosophy. Um, sure, he'd love to be the guy out there, and I think he'd do a great job at it. I mean, we obviously have a lot of confidence in him. Connor's always had a ton of confidence. It's quiet confidence. He's humble, but he's got that quiet leadership that a lot of players through the years, we've talked to other parents where their sons would be like, man, Connor's got something. And so we've always felt that inner confidence because we felt it from Connor. Uh, he's ready to go. He's, he's super excited, and, and um, but, but again, it's all about the team, you know, what makes the team, you know, the best for them. That's what he's there for, and so we just hope, you know, he gets some good playing time and can help the team win. That part of, of Connor has something. When did you know that he had something? I mean, do we go back to Pop Warner? Was it at Creighton? When did you know that, okay, he's got a chance to play at a higher level? Um, you could probably ask his mom. She's got the perfect story for this because it was T-ball. And um, he was like one of his first games in T-ball. He turned an unassisted triple play. And we're, we're just like, what just happened? How did he know how to do that? And I think it was later in that season, she was kind of teasing him a little bit. And he was kind of like, well, I just, I, I knew how to do it. And he, he goes and does it again. And we're just kind of like, there's something where he just gets the game and so you can see it in baseball basketball and football that being in that position um, as a, either quarterback a pitcher he also played catcher and as a point guard their leadership position he just gravitated to those because he had the instincts for whatever game he was playing and so you see that early and you just kind of you know, let your kid go and, and just go out and compete. And um, so that's always been fun to watch because there's always something you're just kind of like, what's Connor going to do? You know, and there's times where I've missed him too. Uh, he was playing in a tournament, baseball tournament. I had to go pick up his sister from dance over at Concordia. And Mary Sue's texting me going, Connor just hit a grand slam to win a game. And I was kind of like, and I missed it. But yet sometimes his greatest performances are when one of us aren't there, you know, but um, so there's always been something about him that you kind of like, he gets it. There, there's just something there. Yeah. All right. So some of his greatest performances are when you're not there, but you'll be there on Thursday. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the hope is he plays well against Buffalo. Absolutely. And I expect him to like I say he's got that inner confidence. Um, he feels good, uh, about how the team's preparing and really feels good about the program and coach Fleck, coach Shiraka, um, the offense, um, just, you know, and it's kind of the cliche like Fleck talks about, um, just be the best that they can be as a team and the rest is going to take care of itself. He's very confident. Um, you know, he's seeing the offensive line kind of come back and getting those guys healthy again. He's feeling good about that. And obviously with two running backs that, you know, are probably the best in the Big Ten duo um, with Rodney and Shannon, how can you not feel good as a quarterback being able to hand off to those guys? So, yeah. Fleck and Chiraka's offense, does it fit Connor's skill set pretty well? I think so. I think he believes that it's, it's a really good fit being able to distribute the ball. Um, that was kind of his, you know, going to Creighton Durham Hall, kind of the offense they ran too was get it to the playmakers. You know, he ran it quite a bit in high school too, but um, he prefers that distribute, let the playmakers. Um, he'll run when he needs to and can get some yards, but um, I think it is very suited for him. He's he's good at that mid-range passing game. Can find, you know, he's good at the pre-snap reads. It, again, he just kind of gets it. He he gets the offense. So, I'm I'm excited. I, I'm looking forward to it because I think he'll do well. Does he embrace the spotlight? I mean, whether it's positively or negatively, when, when you're the quarterback of the Gophers, 
there's a lot of attention on you. I mean, whether it's after the Buffalo game, after the Oregon State game, a lot of us are going to be talking about your son. Right, right. Well, he's pretty humble. Um, he told us a story, it was probably back this spring, he was at the U at one of the restaurants or something and was standing in line and someone came up to him and said, hey, are, are you the gopher quarterback? He goes, eh, you must have the wrong guy. I mean, he'll deflect it. So it, it is very humble, um, doesn't want the attention on him. Again, it's all about the team. So, um, But yet, he's done a great job with interviews and, you know, the Maryland game last year, a press conference and stuff. And, um, he's got good communication skills. He can talk and, and express um, his insights, I think, pretty well. Um, so he'll do fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident he'll be able to handle himself no problem. Leave you after this. How much has he grown since that Maryland game? I mean, both on the field, off the field. I mean, you go to practices, yeah. you study him as closely as anybody. How much better of a player, how much better of a person is he compared to last October? Well, um, as a player, he's growing. You know, when he played in that game, he, he, it really boosted his confidence when um, they said he was going to play with Mitch being out with a concussion, that the coaches and players were like, yeah, we're not going to miss a beat because we know Connor's going to step right in. Um, so that really boosted his confidence. And um, But he knew that the game plan was going to be tempered a little bit. Let's run, run, run. And that's how the game played out. He didn't have to do a whole lot. Um, and, you know, he was rightly nervous going in, but I was good nervous. And he got through that game, and he came away and felt really good about it. And you could tell he had that itch, like, I want more. He had that craving. He was like, I can't wait. You know, and he was hoping maybe the next, I think it was Rutgers coming in or um, that next game, like, you know, get a chance, you know, to play again. And it didn't work. Mitch came back, and that was great. And so Connors had that itch just that craving get back in get back in and um so you've seen that confidence in his play um he's i think he's always you know been sharp uh with his passing and and his understanding of the offense i think but his confidence helps execute even better um really his leadership i think really took off um seeing the guys respond to him stepping into that role last year and seeing they were confident in him really boosted his confidence to say, I can lead this team. Uh, you know, I can lead the offense. We can win a game with me at the helm. And the guys believed in him. He believed in them. Just, you know, everything came together. And it fuels itself when everybody believes. And so I've really seen that over this past year, um, you know, starting in spring, his workouts, um, his confidence on the field you can just see it in his body language he's he's more confident and in that leadership role um i think he's really thrived in it i mean not only get back in but get back in and actually throw the ball right i mean he was handcuffed in the maryland game you know this he yeah. can throw the ball can he right right no he can definitely throw the ball he, he threw the ball well in high school it's always been his his uh, what he was really good at was the passing game. He's a, he's a pocket passer. Uh, you know, he's a quarterback who's athletic, um, but he, he's really good in the pocket. And so this offense does really suit him um, and his skills the best. Um, so I'm looking forward to it because I know he can sling it around. And um, I think it was last year for that Maryland game, you know, Will Latarski's like, we got to tape our fingers up because Connor's throwing the ball. Um, he can sing it. But he's also learned how to take a little off and, and put the right touch in, in certain situations. So it's fun to see him grow that way, too, in that position. Um, so to put it all together and see it, yeah, I, it, it's going to be really exciting. We're all, all of his family members, close friends. It's, it's a huge time because we've been waiting so long for him to get this shot. So we're all just huge Connor fans and 
you know, just so excited to see him play. How many Connor fans will be at the game on Thursday? I don't know. You have to look in the crowd. There'll be a lot of 15 jerseys, you know. Um, the team, we, there's a connection where you can order jerseys, and uh, I think we ordered another half dozen of people calling, hey, I want a jersey too. And uh, So look for the 15s. We'll be loud and cheering and, you know, go Gophers and, and ready to row the boat. So um, there'll be a, a good group of them um, ready to cheer on and, and see a victory. So. He's really transformed his body, hasn't he? I'll let you go after this. But, I mean, he looks physically, just at practice the other day, he looks noticeably, yeah. whether it's thicker, stronger, whatever it is, he looks different compared to years past. Yeah. Well, every year he's put on weight, you know, as expected those first couple of years. And, and I know it was the first two years, um, maybe even the third year, where he told us once, he said, I feel physically ready. You know, the strength, and he, he knew he could take a hit. And now a couple of years later, um, you know, he's continued to work hard and um, last year he settled in at about 215 pounds and felt good about that. And, and this year Fleck came in, can't, comes in and the new trainers and kind of new, new way of doing things. And he just embraced it and, and worked out as hard as he could. He puts on another 10 pounds. And so that's why you see the, there is a, a, a physical change to him. He is a little broader in the shoulders and just looks a little thicker. You're like, this ain't a high school kid anymore. He's a man, you know, and. I can't push him around anymore. That's for sure. That's been a long time. Um, so um, yeah, he's he looks the part. He's he's ready. I think he's he's ready for the the durability that's required um, to play the position. Even though they they won't run as much, um, he, he's good to go. Thursday indeed will be a special night for the entire Rota family. Very cool. Walk on to scholarship to regular playing time. Yes, he filled in last year. We all get that. He filled in, so he has taken snaps as the Gophers quarterback. But it's a bit different now. When you are one of the starting quarterbacks, co-starting quarterback or co-regular quarterback, I guess is the way to term it, that you know, you know, if you're Mr. Rhoda, if you're Mrs. Rhoda, you know your son will now get regular playing time this year as the Gophers quarterback. I'm telling you, very, very cool. Let's continue the Gophers theme. We'll get to Josh Ani, Highland Park safety linebacker, do-it-all guy. He's a Gophers commitment. We'll get to him to finish Scoop Podcast episode 92. But now let's get to Joel Maturi, the former Gophers Athletics Director. On Saturday, the Sports Pavilion will officially be now known as Maturi Pavilion. It is no longer the Sports Pavilion. It is Maturi Pavilion. That's where the Gophers volleyball team plays. Wrestling has matches there. It is used for gymnastics. You name it. That pavilion is always used. A lot of the teams practice in there, the basketball teams. The women's team will practice in there from time to time. The men's team on occasion will use the gym in there to practice, set up the hoops and what have you. The pavilion is used for all sorts of different things. The state high school league uses it. It is no longer the sports pavilion. It is Joel Maturi Pavilion, Maturi Pavilion. So it's one heck of an honor. So let's catch up with Joel Maturi about said honor. Joel, always good to catch up. Hope all is well in your world. When when I say Maturi Pavilion, I mean, it's one heck of an honor. I'm not breaking news to you suggesting that it's one heck of an honor. When I... When I, Joel, say Maturi Pavilion, what comes to your mind? Um, I'm still overwhelmed by the whole uh, naming, uh, Boogie. I, uh, I wish I could come to words. I've been struggling uh, to find the appropriate words uh, for Saturday's event um, and to thank the people responsible to uh, express my gratefulness and appreciation and, and obviously the, the humbleness that goes with it. Um, but in reflection, I think uh, I, I'm hopeful that it is a recognition of a transitional time, obviously the merging of the departments, mm-hmm. that an awful lot of people were involved in, our student athletes, our coaches, our staff, our boosters, our fans. 
it was a very difficult time, uh, but we got through it. And I think in the end, uh, became stronger. And I, I think the fruits of the labor then are being realized now with the outstanding academics, the, the compliance that are, are in place, the, the uh, stabilization of, of, the, of the finances. And, and so I, I'm, I feel good about that aspect. It's a little bit overwhelming that, uh, that bears my name. Joel, the merging of the departments, I mean, a lot happened in your 10 years. I mean, you talk about many teams winning national championships, you know, the building of TCF Bank Stadium, but the merging of the two departments, the men and the women, is that your greatest accomplishment? Well, I think it is with, with some people, and, and, and again, it's not for me to decide what, what it is. Um, I was hired uh, in 2002. I was given the responsibility to merge the departments, uh, to stabilize the finances, uh, to assist in the um, development of, of compliance because we were coming off a, a major NCA infraction and and to improve the, the status academically because we were very poor straights. Um, we did not talk in 2002 of bringing football back to campus. Uh, as important as winning in football and basketball were, that was not part of the, of the discussion, although obviously we want to win at everything that we compete in. And so I think we, we worked hard at, at accomplishing, you know, what the, the directions of the administration were at the time and, and then obviously things involved bringing football back to campus uh, was part of that equation and and um, I'd, I'd like to think we made some steps uh, to have some success uh, certainly failed in, in one football hire but I'd like to think we succeeded in the second and mm-hmm. and uh, I think we were making some positive steps in basketball as well um, those are the things that are most visible to our public but uh, as you mentioned we had uh, tremendous overall success uh, athletically um, uh, from what we term our Olympic sports to a great extent, and and uh, always ranked uh, in, in the top 25 nationally out of you know 350 Division One schools, it's pretty impressive for for a northern school to have the successes that we had. Again, that's a tribute to the coaches, to the athletes, and to the people involved. I just happen to be blessed to be the athletic director at the time. Joel, when I say greatest accomplishment, I mean is your greatest accomplishment actually just being the ultimate people person? Like, nobody would ever say a bad word about you. Like, you connected to everybody. Is that maybe your greatest accomplishment? Well, again, it's not for me to to do that. And I think some people, obviously, as I know, whenever you're in a decision-making position, you know, some people aren't happy with the decisions that that, that you make. Um, I think uh, I'd like to think I was one of the people that was the right fit in 2002 based on what was needed at that time. And 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 I think if you're going to share with me that I'm a collaborative person, I am. Uh, I try to have it be win-win, not win-lose, uh, obviously, except when you're competing against somebody. Uh, and, and I'd like to think that it was in my personality, it's in my DNA to try to get along with people, to, to support all of our athletes and to support all of our teams. And, and I enjoyed doing it. It, it was a tireless uh, effort on, on the part of many people. But uh, I do think we developed uh, an environment within Gopher Athletics that did cheer for one another uh, because when I arrived, that wasn't the case. Are you surprised? I mean, 10 years. I mean, a lot was accomplished, but it's not like you were the AD for 35 or 40 years. Are you surprised? I mean, this is one heck of an honor. I mean, a building, the pavilion, is now Maturi Pavilion. Does that surprise you that that you get that honor just based on 10 years? I'm stunned by it, to be very, very honest with you. I never expected it. Um, I, I, you know... Uh, came out of left field, didn't know that anybody had nominated me, didn't know who had nominated me, didn't know what that process was, didn't realize that it was going to the president and then the Board of Regents. And so when I was informed that it happened, uh, uh, you know, I was, uh, quite frankly, choked with uh, with emotion because it, it, it caught me so off guard. Um, uh, and again, I reflect, Dugan, I mean this sincerely. I, it, this is a reflection of, 
of the efforts of, of a lot of people. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm proud of the, of the work that I put in. I'm proud of how hard I worked and tried to do things the right way. I wish I had some mulligans in life, but, uh, you know, you know, life is not that way. And, and, uh, it, it's great for me to, to feel that, uh, that time is being recognized and, and, um, and hopefully it, it, people who are involved in that feel a, a sense of pride, uh, not for Joel Maturi, but for what they did to help Joel Maturi succeed. What mulligans are you talking about? Well, obviously, there's some very visible hires that uh, that uh, didn't go as well as we would like it to go. Uh, we didn't have success in some of the sports that we'd like to have. I didn't succeed in, in, in some of the facility improvements that I would have liked to have seen during my tenure. I, I think they're being built now, which is awesome. I'm excited for the for the future of the Gopher family as a result of it. So, mm-hmm. so there are lots of things that, uh, that you, you wish could have been done better and done differently, but uh, it wasn't for a lack of effort. It wasn't for a lack of trying to stay within the process that you think is uh, right for the institution because we are an extension of the institution, and I think we've proven to be a pretty good one over a period of time. Right, you said you're struggling with the speech on Saturday. How long is the how long is the thank you list on Saturday? Well, you know what? Uh, that's one of the things I'm struggling with, and, and I'm trying to minimize the names that I bring up, uh, but hopefully I could do it in, in a collective fashion and, and, and thank uh, groups of people that, uh, that uh, have made this possible. I mean, who who's at the top of that list? I mean, who who nominated you? Well, Bill Donahue nominated me. I was unaware of that. Bill is the general counsel for the university, which that in itself uh, is uh, prideful on my part that the the, the head lawyer uh, for the university was the one who initiated this uh, this process and and wrote the initial letter. He in turn got Dean Quam, who's the uh, dean of the College of Education and Human Development, which again I think is meaningful to me. Um, also, Dave Metzen, who was the former chair of the Board of Regents uh, during much of my time as the athletics director. Uh, he got Mark Coyle, who obviously we worked together when uh, when I first came and then obviously has returned as the athletics director. And uh, he also got Hugh McCutcheon, the, uh, the volleyball coach that, uh, uh, that obviously leads our tremendously successful program. Those are the individuals that wrote letters uh, to the uh, Honors Committee. Uh, really, a last summer, about a year ago. Uh, this, this, I'm finding out now. I didn't know anything about it, uh, but I'm finding out that this is when this process started, and those are the people that wrote letters to the Honors Committee for, for the pavilion to uh, to bear my name. You took a lot of heat for it, Joel, but why was it important for you to spend as much time around swimming and diving, You know, some of the non-revenue sports, as it was around the revenue sports? Well, again, it is, it is in my DNA, and I go back to being hired in 2002. We were merging two departments, and and uh, I, I think I need to, to uh, show everybody that everybody was important. That, first of all, that's my belief. That's mm-hmm. be part of the reason I got the job. That's how I think and have always thought. And I think because I spent some time at the, at the swim meet did not mean that I didn't care about the more visible sports and the significance that they played in our lives. And so, uh, you know, the, if people perceive that we didn't achieve the success in football and basketball that we would like, it's not because I went to the swim meet or the tennis meet or the gymnastics meet or whatever it might be. That's that's not the reason. Might be other reasons, but that's certainly not not it. And I said very often then, and I'll say it again today. You know, I was the athletic director for all 750 athletes. I wasn't just the athletic director for the football student athletes, and and I, I, I tried to live it that way. And and I think for the most part, um, we we did a good job of that. Is part of your surprise, Joel, with with this honor that that everything is it seemingly is going the corporate naming route? I mean, we see it now with with Mariucci Arena with 3M that the belief was maybe the pavilion would go the corporate naming route. That instead they're now calling it Maturi Pavilion, not you know you name you know some big company Lando Lakes Pavilion. 
for example. Now, is are that you, part are of you the implying, Googie, that somebody's not going to put their name on it? Just like now, it's the it's the oh, okay. uh, what, it's yeah. 3M at Mariucci. Now somebody You're won't right. name it. Okay, yeah, I guess that does make sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. That's not my decision. It wasn't. It's not my decision. Uh, it is a corporate world, uh, which is being evidenced by the Athletics Village and the fundraising and successes that they've had. Um, it is, and, and so again, that adds to the surprise, I guess, in some ways, if you if you want to put it that way. But that, uh, it, you know, it wasn't uh, it, obviously not a decision that I made. What was the process like getting TCF Bank Stadium built? Well, um, it, it was a long process. Uh, we, you know, we went to the legislature three times before we were successful. I can't tell you the number of times I visited the Capitol and visited with, uh, you know, our, our legislators uh, to try to have this happen. Um, the number of bon- donors, and, and if you remember, we, we had an initial donor that came forward, uh, T. Denny Sanford, and mm-hmm. that, that you know, that gift uh, fell through, uh, through the efforts with uh, his lawyers and, and the lawyers of the university, although I've always thanked Denny that he is the one who brought it to the forthright and, and continue to believe to this day that one of the reasons that, uh, that we do have TCF Bank Stadium. Uh, I remember working with Mr. Cooper, who has since passed, and, and, and Mark Jeter, who is still involved with TCF, and, and working on that. And, and President Brunix was an awful lot of the credit uh, you know, for it because he was committed to it. Not easy for a president to do that during financially challenging times, if you look back in, you know, in, in the uh, uh, mid-2000s and, and some of the struggles that we had. But uh, it was the right thing for the long term for, for not only football, but for Gopher Athletics, as is the Athletes' Village, in my mind. And and I think those are the kinds of commitments that are needed in today's big-time you know, college athletic world, and and uh, and the Gophers obviously are part of that. Any regrets when you step down, Joel? I mean, do you feel like you could still be the athletic director? Well, you know what? I I, I still have energy. I still love what I do. I exactly, don't know if I yeah. would be the right fit for for Minnesota today, and I say that very hmm. openly and very honestly. Um, Why? I think I'd like to think I might have been the right fit for 2002. The times have changed. Uh, my mentality of going to every event, uh, I'm not so sure is the mentality that's needed today. Uh, it's focused far more on the business side of, of sports, far mm-hmm. more on the revenue-generating sports. Uh, and as much as I understand that and believe it's important, uh, that's not so much my, my DNA uh, as it is going to, you know, and being involved uh, with athletes, being involved with coaches, being involved with staff. Because you can't do everything, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody can do everything, you need to decide what, what really is best, uh, um, you know, for the institution that is needed at that time and, and that fits your personality. And I'd like to think in 2002 that there was a good merger between the Joel Maturi and the University of Minnesota because I think we fit on what we believe needed to be done at that time. What's keeping you busy right now, Joel? Oh, gosh. <laughs> As I think I shared a text all earlier, I'm sitting in front of my computer reading my next uh, NCA infractions hearing that I have in a couple of weeks uh, uh, which is a lot of work, quite frankly, uh, but I, I think important work and, and, and honored to, to be involved. Uh, I gave a workshop yesterday at Montemita High School. Uh, uh, I'm doing some volunteering work for an organization called Positive Coaching Alliance, which is to send good sportsmanship messages. Uh, I'm chairing the uh, Minnesota High School uh, Basketball Hall of Fame Committee, and we're going to have our inaugural induction over this next uh, academic year of, uh, of inaugurating not only um, coaches, but also uh, former players and and teams and officials and things of this nature. I think we're the second state in the union to have such a such a Hall of Fame. And, and I serve on several committees. I'm on the uh, 
uh, track uh, committee at Minnesota to raise some money. I'm on the CEHD uh, committee uh, there. I, I'm doing some things with a group called uh, Dexaletics uh, at the university. And so, um, you know, sometimes you think, you, you, uh, did you retire or didn't you? But it's volunteer. <laughs> uh, I can say no if I want to. And, and uh, I'm a lot better grandfather than I, than I was a father. And, and that's enjoying in my life as well. And I would say that's the most important thing. You're not teaching anymore? Not teaching anymore. Uh, I had the back surgery. I decided not to go back afterwards. and Probably a good decision based on all the things that, uh, that I'm involved with. On the Minnesota Basketball Hall of Fame, will that be at the, at the new or, I guess, renovated Target Center? Yes, it will be. We're going to have a space at the, uh, at the Target Center. Just met with uh, Chris Wright and some other people with the Wolves this week, and they've been uh, tremendously assistive and helpful uh, to us in this process. And, and uh, we will have a space there that will be a permanent display of those that will be inducted. And like as I said, we'll have our, our first induction sometimes in this, uh, this next school year. Okay, so who, who's responsible for, for choosing who gets inducted? Well, the committee. Uh, there are several of us. We all get a vote, and some people have done a tremendous amount of research as to, uh, the, you know, I mean, we looked at hundreds of people uh, who played the sport, coached the sport, were involved in the sport in one capacity or another, and and um, have uh, done our best to, you know, whittle it down from, you know, hundreds to 50 to 25 to, to you know, we're hoping to get it to a, a number between 12 and 15 for the for inaugural induction. Obviously the most difficult because somebody's going to be left out who deserves yeah. to be in the Hall of Fame and will be in it, but not necessarily in that inaugural class. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that is really, really challenging, Joel. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you induct 15, yeah, I mean, inevitably, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, there's going to be a lot of people saying, whoa, what about me? Exactly. You're talking about a history of, of, of basketball in the state, and again, it's men and women, as it should be. Um, and so and we're, we're looking at teams as well as individuals and coaches. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people eventually, uh, you know, uh, whether it be officials, whether it be sports reporters, whether it be administrators, people who have impacted the game positively uh, in, in the state of Minnesota. And, and I'm excited. Obviously, I played for the winningest coach in the history of Minnesota basketball, and, and, um, and uh, I think uh, his impact on my life uh, got me uh, steered to being involved in this committee and and uh, i'm glad that i can uh, help uh, uh, pay it forward a little bit as we as we say joel i know i speak for many here at hubbard broadcasting congratulations enjoy saturday you've always been so incredibly generous kind with your time you are the ultimate people person and i respect you a ton for that yeah, nice you to say that. That's, I guess, what's meaningful in the long run, and, and uh, it's going to be a, a real reunion. All my family's going to be here, my grandkids from, from California and, and, and their parents, my high school classmates coming in from New York, uh, nice. my college uh, roommate from Connecticut. Uh, it, it'll be a special time. Thank you. Absolutely, Joel. Always good to catch up. Thanks much. We'll keep the Gophers theme going. Josh Ani is a Gophers football commitment. He plays for St. Paul Highland Park, as far as we can tell. He is the first St. Paul public school player to commit to play for the Gophers, earn a scholarship from the Gophers since Thomas Tepay at St. Paul Johnson a number of years ago, like 16, 17, 18 years ago, something like that. So it's pretty noteworthy when a St. Paul public school player is Gophers bound. Josh Ani reminds me a lot of Carter Coughlin, just his leadership ability. He can play safety. He can play linebacker. He's the Highland Park backup quarterback. He'll play some running back. He'll play some wide receiver. He is a phenomenal athlete. He lettered in four sports the last couple years. He's a track athlete. He plays basketball, really good baseball player, a 435, 4.38, I believe, GPA. He is somebody that P.J. Fleck will grow to love more and more. He already loves him, but he'll love him more and more. Anyway, 
I was over at Highland Park practice recently for a Channel 5 piece, so I interviewed Josh. So I figured, hey, why not play it here on the podcast? Here's my conversation with Gophers football commit Josh Ani. We know you as more of a defensive guy. That's why you're going to the University of Minnesota next year on a scholarship. But do you embrace, whether it's quarterback, running back, do you embrace playing offense? Absolutely. You know, wherever my coach wants me to play, if he wants to get me the ball, then I'm completely fine with that. You know, what whatever I can do to help the team is really what I am want to do. So, I mean, do you? have a preference is it running back is it quarterback is it lining up out wide as a wide receiver um my preference is probably slot receiver or running back uh quarterback's a little foreign to me but you know if they need me there I'll, I'll go there it's uh it's not a big deal to me i mean is the sense that okay you're such a special athlete it's not like you guys have Eden Prairie-esque numbers here that it makes sense to put the ball in your hands absolutely um i think it makes sense uh, you know, I've been working really hard, and I think I've earned this right to get the ball a couple more times than the other younger guys. Um, but, you know, I'm just doing whatever the coaches want me to do for sure. How much has the team grown? We were here after you committed to the U a couple months ago. You guys were working hard that June day. But from that point until this point, do you see noticeable differences? Are you guys ready to rock and roll here in nine days? Absolutely. We're ready to go. I mean, we have a few things to work on here and there, but, you know, everybody does. And we're just gearing up to get ready for uh, Mount West Tonka on next Friday. And, you know, we've, we've come a long way. You know, the younger guys have really stepped up. You know, the juniors have started to become leaders. The seniors have really picked up their leadership. So it's, uh, you know, we, we have come a long way for sure. How have things changed for you since your commitment to the Gophers? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just uh, a lot has changed, but I try to stay the same person. You know, uh, you know, people talk to me sometimes. You know, they say congratulations. People I haven't seen in a while, you know, they'll talk to me for a while. But, uh, you know, I, I try to stay the same person and stay grounded and stay working hard. I mean, do you, though, enjoy the fact that, okay, I mean, Thomas DePay, right? Yeah. Last St. Paul public school player to get a scholarship to the Gophers. I mean, we're talking... 13, 14, 15 years ago, this is something that's unheard of. You have to embrace that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm very fortunate and very blessed to uh, be the guy who gets chosen to get the full scholarship. Um, you know, it, it it's it's really special to me. You know, again, I, I say it's my dream come true for sure. And you know, being the first guy from St. Paul in 13 or 15 years to to get the scholarship, you know, I, I hope to represent the St. Paul school district really well and put on for my hometown. You earning the Big Ten scholarship just affirm your decision to not go to Creighton a few years ago? Well, uh, I mean, I think it played out just fine here. I mean, there was a decision for me to make way back then, and, you know, I chose Highland. And, uh, you know, it could have gone a different way if I went to Creighton. It could have, you know, gone differently if I went here. I mean, it's just I'm really fortunate to have it go this way at Highland Park. And I think it means a lot to Highland Park that, you know, this happened. And, uh, you know, I'm, again, very fortunate, very blessed. I mean, do you notice that? I mean, whether talking to your coaches, whether it's social media, I mean, that there's more of a spotlight than ever on, on Highland Park football? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, the, the program's kind of blown up a little bit. I wouldn't say I'm completely to blame for that, but I'm saying, you know, people people care about it. You know, people ask me about the football team when they haven't asked about it in the past, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a change, I guess, and it's uh, for the better for sure. You say blame. I mean... The program blowing up, I mean, that's a good thing. That's nothing to blame anybody on, right? That's wrong choice of words. I mean, I'm, I guess, uh, I guess I'm not uh, the one that caused that. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that uh, it's, it's Highland Park football and what we're doing here as a culture and as a team that gets people out here. So 
Have you had a chance to go over to one of the, the Gophers practices? How much time have you spent around the Gophers program since you committed? Um, I've spent uh, you know some time there. Uh, I went to the Hyper Hangout, which was a really great time, meeting some of the commits and uh, some uh, hopefully future commits there. Um, and it was, you know, I enjoy being there all the time. It feels like home when I'm there. You know, and I love the RTB culture and everything that PJ Flex doing over there. So it's uh, it's a I, I try to spend as much time as I can over there, but also you know I have a lot to do here too. Still. So. We've gotten to know PJ relatively well, but you know him better than us. I mean, behind the scenes when the camera's not on, the RTB, that culture, is that who he is, whether the camera's on or the camera's not on? That is absolutely 100% who PJ Fleck is. When he tells you that's who he is, he absolutely means it, and I completely believe that. He's a great guy. He's a great coach, and, you know, that, that, that's what I fell in love with with the program, you know. His energy carries throughout the whole program. All the coaches are like that. He's like that, and it just brings a whole new, I guess, vibe to the Gopher program, and I, I love it. I want to be a part of it, and I'm, I'm so fortunate and blessed to be a part of it. I can't wait. <laughs> we know he can coach. I mean, when you win at Western Michigan, you can coach. But here, we don't know a whole lot about him as a head coach and X's and O's guy. You do. What sort of X's and O's guy is he? I mean, he's going to make you a better man. We get all that, the RTB culture and all that. But just as, you know, a schemer, you know, somebody that can win football games, lead a team to victory, what kind of football coach is he? Well, I haven't had much time to talk X's and O's with uh, the Gopher coaches. You know, I just go there and uh, experience the culture as much as I can. And, you know, I'm sure the X's and O's will come later on. But uh, as a coach, you know, I think – the biggest thing for him is he develops the men and then the men are able to do their jobs on Saturday and do their job whenever they can, you know, and it's not just a on Saturday thing. He develops them so they do their job throughout the week whenever they, you know, step up. They're, they're ready to go. They're ready to work. So is the idea that you'll play linebacker there or is there a chance you play safety? Um, well, I was told that uh, I'll start off at safety, you know, hope hearing that, uh, you know, I'd work my way into the starting lineup or wherever I go. But uh, if I put on more weight, I'll play outside linebacker. If I stay this weight, I'll probably play safety. It, it, it's up to them, though. I'm not uh, speculating or anything like that. I mean, do you have a preference? I mean, do you prefer playing safety over linebacker? Well, I love safety, but I love being in the box, too. You know, I love hitting people. So outside linebacker would be great. But, you know, playing coverage and safety would be a lot of fun, too. Really impressive young man. 2018 Highland Park linebacker safety do it all he'll play some offense as well gophers football commit josh ani one of a handful of local guys there's an offensive lineman from lakeville there's benny sap the third from eden prairie there's the tight end ford span ford from st cloud st cloud tech high school so there's a number of local kids that are gophers football commits for the class of 2018 More love for Vine Park Brewery, vinepark.com, offering $7 tours of their brewery right there on West 7th Street in St. Paul, right between 35E and downtown St. Paul, not that far from 35E. For $7, you get a tour, see how they make beer, make wine. Then also, with that 7 bucks, so not only do you see how they make beer, maybe you do it on your own, maybe you have the equipment at home, you need some tips, you want to pick the brain of Andy, the owner, you go there, you pay the 7 bucks, you get the tour, then you get a flight or a pint plus Hagee's Pizza, all for 7 bucks. Think about that. So you get a bunch of beer or, you know, at least a pint or a flight, try a bunch of different flavors, then you get some Hagee's Pizza, you get a bunch of Hagee's Pizza, you get to see a tour of the place, you get to see how they make the beer, all for $7. That is one heck of a deal. For more information, vinepark.com. They are very kind to the Scoop Podcast, so do me a favor. Support Vine Park Brewery. Go in there, whether it's the tour, whether it's picking up a growler, 
I'm telling you, so much going on in the next couple weeks with the start of football. You know, you get a fantasy football draft. You need some beer for the fantasy football draft, right? Swing into Vine Park Brewery, pick up a growler, or go on one of those tours. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 92. Again, the idea is, much like last week, I will do a shorter Scoop Podcast later in the week, episode 93 which will be some news and notes. Had a couple news and notes mixed into this 62 minutes. But the idea will be later in the week to really empty out the notebook, figure out what's going on more so with the Vikings after that Thursday night game. So I think the idea will be on Friday. Sometime Friday I will record a 20 to 25-minute scoop podcast of notes. Always appreciate you listening. Thanks so much, everyone.